sunglasses on. I'm at a funeral. Oh, sunglasses. Yeah. Are we live? Fuck it. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Chaffin, along with my good friend, best friend, Artemis Brower. Artemis Brower. How you doing, my friend? Sorry, I kind of cut you off there. Hey, it's all good. It's all good, man. I'm good, though, brother. I'm I'm good, man. We're, we're surviving. We're maintaining. We're here. We're alive. We're good. Kind of go, man, this, I, this this week has kind of been a, a going through the motions week. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I'm not up. I'm not down. Just kind of here. It, it's it feels that way. Like this week has just kind of been like I don't know. I don't know. This week with with the holiday and then just trying to get back, still trying to get back in the swing of things after mm-hmm. you know the holiday break two weeks ago. Now yeah. now it's like okay, and then. I mean, I'm traveling a lot over the next three weeks. I mean, I'll be in Canada for a whole week, and then I'll be in uh, on a cruise for a week, and and it's right. like in, in the next month, I, I'm going to be all over the place. So hey, you're you're going to Canada. You're going to have your time taking some hockey, or is it, is it strictly business? Uh, so there is no NHL hockey that that week or during the time that I'll be there because oh, it is actually. It is actually um, All-Star Weekend, the weekend that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be in Toronto or the week that I'm going to be in Toronto. That weekend is All-Star Weekend, and it just so happens that the All-Star Game is also in Toronto, Canada, where I will be for, for a week. So, um, But the All-Star Game. Are you, you going to partake in any All-Star festivities? No, but my, my company has Come rented on, out. Man. Already get this. My company has rented out. The Hockey Hall of Fame for a social event. So uh, I will be enjoying my time at, at the Hockey Hall of Fame nice. um, while, while I am there. So is this so it'll be... Go ahead. first time in Toronto? Yeah, never never been to Toronto. Been to Canada, but never been to Toronto. Um, yeah, I figured you've been excited. to Canada. Excited to go. I, I'm. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be it's gonna be real cold, but what are you gonna do about it? You know, what I mean, so such is life. I, I don't understand why my company decided to do it. You know, in, in, in the dead of winter. <laughs> Granted, my my company is headquartered in Toronto, so it, it is oh, okay. Well, you're the only that, one not used to it. So yeah, well, there's about seventy five percent of the company that doesn't live there, um, but yeah. I mean, overall, excited about it, excited to travel. So in a couple of weeks, there will be a podcast where I think it'll just be Josh and Artie on the podcast, and I will not be be on there, but that's because I will be traveling so much. I'll, I'm, I'm going to be gone quite a bit here in the next couple of weeks, just getting my travel out of the way early in the year. Um, Artie, first, before I ask you if you have a number, I got to say, love the facial hair. Love the shave. Yeah. Looking good. You, you honestly, you look like a grown ass man. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you thought the beard made me look like a child? It, it looks more mature. You you look like you got, I don't know. I, I, I could see you picking up kids at the, 
at the daycare. Yeah, I've got I've, I've and, got I've got the dad hat going. I've got the yeah. goatee. Um, I'm I'm definitely refined. Uh, just just getting off the links. I'm about to go pick up my three kids from from Asus or whatever it is. So, hey. Anyways, do you have a number eighty? No. No. <laughs> no. I was trying to look, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was trying to find one last minute that was not chalk, and I really couldn't find that that wasn't chalk. To be honest with you, I just couldn't. So, or what I did find, I just they had no idea who these people were. So I was like, Jared, Jared's going to mention somebody that we don't know who he is. I'm going to leave that up to, up to Jared. Hurricanes legend. Of course. Now a, uh, a NHL analyst on ESPN. None other than Shady 80, a.k.a. Weeksy, Kevin Weeks, my number 80. 348 games played, 105 wins, 163 losses. He he was a uh, NHL goalie for 11 years already. Spent time with Florida, Vancouver, then uh, I believe went to the Islanders for a little bit. The Lightning played, I think the majority of if you, When you look at it, the highest percentage of his games played were with the Carolina Hurricanes from 2001 to 2004. Went to the Stanley Cup Finals. In 0102, where they lost to Detroit. Um, after his stint with Carolina, he also had uh, a stint with the Rangers and with the New Jersey Devils. Um, yeah, I mean, Kevin Weeks, he, he's now famous for doing, he does a lot of breaking news and, and only shows about half of his face. And it's from random ass places around the world that he, he breaks news. He, he's trying to become the new, uh, he's trying to become the woes of a hockey already where he, he just kind of drops breaking bombs. bombs. Yeah. The straight. Bombs. Um, so he, he's, he's getting better at it. He's still, I wouldn't consider him my go-to insider, but he's an insider nonetheless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, spent played 119 games for the hurricanes. 39, 54, and 20 uh, in his time there. So, yeah, I mean, 912 save percentage, which not too shabby cons- considering overall he, w- he was a 903 um, save percentage guy. But, um, yeah, my- mine is Kevin Weeks. So, <clears throat> already before we get started, the, v- the Boneyard Podcast is proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Check them out. If you're watching on the Boneyard Podcast YouTube channel or Twitter, go uh, follow and subscribe to the Variety Sports Network. Lots of lots of great content going on. Lots of NFL content for, for the football season, postseason. A uh, lot of NBA content going on. So check it out. Ramping up baseball. Baseball is only about two and a half months away. Uh, so lots, lots, lots to talk about in, in the sports world. We may not have as many sports going on right now, but lots going on in, in the wide world of sports, and you can find it all on the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Go subscribe, um, and if you're watching on Variety Sports Network, hello. Uh, give us a subscribe. All right. Um, okay, Artie. A big week for East Carolina University. Football is, I mean... They're starting to get 
underway with, with winter workouts and and get ready for the season or for the s- spring part of the uh, of camp and and the preparation that goes into that conditioning started earlier this week. Uh, Artie, how excited are you for for ECU football in twenty twenty four? I know we talked about it. You know, it just ending and and you know, we're still talking about it, even though we're coming off the season that we came off of. But I mean, this this in my mind. And this may be a way too early prediction, but ECU they they've got the opportunity to be the uh, the comeback program of the year going going into next season to, to come off of a two of ten season. What they've done already with the portal, with some of these 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 transfer hits, um, what JDB's doing, what Houston's doing, what everybody's doing in the in, in the program, they can definitely go from two and ten to ten and two, maybe even better if they really wanted to. So I, I think they are early program for comeback program comeback team of the year. I'm excited. I'm, 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 I'm putting all my chips in, in the table now as far as excitement. Um, I know I wasn't saying, singing that tune a couple weeks ago, but now that I've taken a step back, really kind of surveyed the landscape. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, very excited for what's, what's to come for next season. Yeah, I, I am too. There, there's been a lot of additions to the program and I've heard people say, Oh, well, None of these guys that are being added or were starters or, or got much playing time at at their old schools. Well, right. to be a second string on a team that is a top 10 team in the country. You're still pretty good. You still got to be pretty damn good. Um, now, let, let's, let's talk about some of the recent announcements on, on signings. Uh, they had the dead period and, and then a bunch of signings kind of came out of nowhere um first up Artie, tight end out of out of oregon former walk-on at ole miss uh brother of cad uh, of chad kelly there's, there's a typo there um is it chad or cat that it's not okay it's it's chad. Chad. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's chad kelly uh, i was about to say and then and, and then it's, uh it's, it's chad kelly yeah and then uh the nephew of jim kelly he, he's the tight end Spent time with JDB at Ole Miss, and then I believe he transferred to Oregon for a year. Had had a three receiving touchdowns last year already for yeah. for Oregon. I, I mean, a top a team that people thought were gonna was gonna make the college football playoff. And had it not been for Washington, they would have been in the college football playoff. Yeah, <laughs> only team they lost to. So, so I mean, Casey Kelly. Tied in now at ECU, coming in, really kind of filling out, helping fill out that room. Mm-hmm. At, um, I mean, you get, you get that room stacked. Running back room is stacked. Wide receiver room is reloaded. I mean, you, you got to be excited for this offense. Quarterback yeah, room is, yeah. is getting stacked. Jake Garcia, last week when we talked about him, it, the news wasn't official. It's now official. He is. He's a. He's a pirate. Um, so Jake Garcia transfers in from Mizzou, spent time at Miami and, and we talked, I think we talked about him for 20 minutes last week already. And so we won't talk too much about him, but what we, the main thing I want to make sure people understand is you can never have too much depth in the quarterback room. And Garcia is going to try to get, get a medical red shirt. So that way he has three years of eligibility. We'll see how that goes. 
but you can never have too much depth and, and too much competition. Last week, I, I think I said Cole Hodge was, was signing early or coming in early. That ended up not happening. He's not he's not there right now. So I don't think that there's any chance that he's going to be starting to begin the year. This this team is Kane Hauser's to lead, but adding a guy like Jake Garcia in right now gets you to a point where you're having competition already. And and they're building that that bond and that that uh teamsmanship in that room already between the two new guys. Yeah, I mean, you know who your projected one is going to be, but you want to put the most pressure on that projected one as possible. You want to make sure, you know, pressure builds diamonds. You're trying to you're trying to build a diamond here. So especially coming off of, of what we came off last year, yeah, you want Katen Hauser to fill the heat soon, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, so that he goes out there and proves, okay, this is my this is my position to lose. I got to go ahead and earn it. It's not just going to be given to me. Uh, so absolutely, I mean, just adding, you know, you, you can never have too much in the quarterback room. You can never have too much depth in the running back or, or receiver room. Um, I think we've retooled on on all of that. Um, so that that competition, getting it in quick, fast, in a hurry, knowing that you have to earn it, it's not going to be given to you. Yeah, that's got me excited. Yeah, and then Blake Harrell said. Y'all been having so much fun on the offense. We're going to get on, on on it on the defense. Yeah. And he co- he comes out of nowhere with two, I mean, quality transfers from the Big Ten, right? Gavin Gibson, defensive back from Maryland, mm-hmm. and then a, a D tackle out of Ohio State, Jaden McKenzie. Um, those are guys that, I mean, a lot, lot of defense is played in the Big Ten. And those are guys that that play good defense. Bringing them in can do nothing but good things for for ECU. Um, you've now added two DBs in into the on the on the defensive side of the ball, and you're you're gonna find hopefully have one of those that maybe can't replace what you lost in Antoine Jackson, but. Who knows? You, you might find a, a diamond in the rough in, in one of these transfers. Yeah. And, I mean, look, it, I, I think if we're being honest with each other, some of these transfers are going to hit. Some of them are not going to hit. That's, that's, numbers just game. Nature, that's just the nature of the beast. Some are, some are going to hit, some are not. You just got to hope the most hit, then, then, then don't. Um, but, it, you know, like you said, it can't hurt. It, it, it literally cannot hurt to bring in Division One, you know, um, you know, Power Five guys, and have that kind of experience. Men have a lot of experience. Men have a lot of starty starts or, or playing time under their belt, but they do have the experience of playing for a big time program, having big time coaching, uh, being highly recruited, still being hungry, still wanting to prove themselves. So it definitely can't hurt for the room. Um, you just got to hope that most hit. You know, out. You know, and because they're, they're they're just not all going to hit. But you got to you got to hope that most do. So, and one thing that sticks out to me is. Yeah, Kane Hauser comes from a program that didn't win much. Didn't awful. Yeah, Michigan State was awful. I mean, absolutely terrible. I think they still found a way to win what four games? No, nah, I, I think they won like two or three games. I, I, I could anyway, be wrong. I thought they only won two or three games. <laughs> I, I thought they won four, but um, anyways, you've got guys that have been around winning culture at Ohio State, at Oregon, at Mizzou. 
that you're bringing in at West Virginia, at Louisville, at NC State. Yeah. The guys you've brought in, while they may not have been getting reps, they were around that culture. And we, we've said it time and time again. I think we started saying it in the middle of the season last year. The offense didn't have a leader. Hopefully, some of these guys can can kind of step up and help fill leadership roles immediately because they know what it takes to win. They're around that. They, they're they in those workouts. They're in those meetings. They right. know what it is. You know, while they may not have been getting the reps at times, they know they know what it takes to win. Um, so we'll see. And then lastly, Artie, uh, one that kind of came out of nowhere, Connor Maynard, punter out of App State, transfers to ECU. Um, the enemy. That was made that was made official. I, I got to think, and look, Luke Larson is a friend of the podcast. I got to think that they're looking at all their options right now because Luke Larson has, he can go out and have a 45-yard, 50-yard punt, and then the very next punt will be a 25-yard punt out of bounds that puts you on your other, on your side of the 50, right? I, I got to be um, honest with you. I didn't even know Luke Larson was coming back. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even know Grandel was coming back. But he is a friend of the podcast. We love Luke Larson. But that, <laughs> that man is about to be a grandfather. <laughs> I didn't even know he was coming back. Uh, the hands of time keep turning, Artie. <laughs> no, it, it it's it, he'll be back. Uh, I think he's got one more year of eligibility. I don't know what the years of eligibility always get wonky with guys that are that come to school when they're yeah. thirty years old, and and then you're trying to figure out. <laughs> then you got guys that are coming coming to school when they're eighteen and playing until they're twenty six. Then Ooh, then you have Talia, you have Talia Taga. Taga Viola, who was trying, who was trying to get a an another year of eligibility to play what a, a sixth year, seventh year yeah. in, in college football. Um, NCAA said that's going to be a no go. Um, go to the NFL, kid. Um, hey, look, we're going to have Luke for the next four to five years, man. Entering his eighth season with the Pirates, forty-six-year-old <laughs> Luke Larson, the Aussie. I believe he was the oldest. Okay. Player in college football last year. He's man, he's got he's got to be he's got to he's got to be man is older than me, Artie, and I, I've been out of college be for six years. I mean, come on now, it's insane. What are we doing? Love you, Luke. It, it ain't no shame, man. We just it's just funny. Hater of Fosters, hater of Fosters beer. <laughs> the Aussie, um, and then. Now, now ECU is kind of we're we're through the recruiting part of the season. Yeah, you're you're trying to get guys to campus, finalize all that, but you're starting to turn your eyes to the 2025 class, um, and, and the offense is starting to to make offers. Uh, recently offered Wisconsin quarterback commit Jack Moran. Um, that would be a big get. He, you got you got to keep going. You got to keep pushing. Yeah. And, and the NIL is, is doing big things now. I mean, I think Team Boneyard is close to, if not already, going over a million um, in donations. So you got you got to keep pushing. Um, 
because this is this is the name of the game. And schools that are seen as schools that have passed us by are struggling with, with the NIL. And, and ECU is showing that our donors are, are showing that, hey, we're getting behind this. We're pushing it because we want the best for our, for our university. I mean, Coastal Carolina's already folded their NIL collective. Um, there, there's other NIL collectives and, and other G5 conferences that just aren't operating smoothly. And, and we're seeing it at schools like Clemson, too, where I believe that they have NIL, but they're not using it wisely and, and they're losing a ton of guys, right? So we're, we're seeing how important NIL is in this day and age of, of college sports and college football especially. So I'm hoping that we can continue on the trajectory that, that we're at. I, I hate that that it's on the fans, the, the onus falls to the fans yeah. to foot the bill. But the fans of East Carolina University is a rabid fan base and they're willing to do it. Because they want nothing more than ECU to be a household name in all athletics and around the country. So any anything else you have on, on the transfers or or commits, Artie? No. I don't know that's on. Cool. Um well talking about money and, and get getting it paid, uh, we, we got our new our new offensive coordinator, JDB, and, and then existing defensive coordinator, Blake Harrell, both got signed to extensions. Uh, JDB has a two-year contract. Both have a two-year contract. Um, JDB's base salary is $440,000 a year. Artie, did you know he was making $520,000 at Ole Miss? Took an wow. $80,000 pay cut to come coach at ECU and, and was basically coaching – at $520,000 at Ole Miss, basically sitting on his hands. I mean, co-offensive coordinator, he wasn't the one calling plays. Yeah, he, he was helping with, with a lot of stuff, but he he, he wasn't the one really yeah, doing he, he, he wasn't the one actually calling the plays. He was he was helping the play call. It, it, it wasn't his neck on the line. It, it At all. At all. But, I mean, it clearly proves that he came here to, to make a name for himself and to really move up in the in the ranks of coaching, which means he's going to give ECU everything because he didn't come here for the money. So he came here to really prove himself as a legitimate coach, which has got to make you excited. Yeah. Uh, now, JDB will get a $18,333 bowl game bonus and $36,666 bonus for a bowl game win. Um, that's if he participates in the bowl game mm-hmm. and then he has a $5,000, um, bonus for team, uh, APR above 985. So that that's, that's big. And then if a team hires JDB away from East Carolina before September 15th, so that would be what week two going into week three mm-hmm. of the season, that school will owe ECU $480,000. After that, it's a $220,000 buyout of his contract. Wow. Um, so 
if he goes somewhere, ECU's at least recouping some of that money. Right. Now, Blake Harrell is now the highest paid assistant in the Mike Houston era. Uh, base salary will be $480,000 per year, and he's worth every damn penny of it. Friend of the podcast. President Harrell. <laughs> Could be the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I heard the rumblings. I heard the interest. I heard did, the interest. Did you see that? Did you see yeah. that? That was Yeah. Don't don't take shots at my defensive coordinator. <laughs> I didn't see that video. That, that was wild, man. He caught strays for no reason. Like what what are we doing? You're you're talking about one of the best defensive coordinators in the group of five. Uh, I mean, I think he was listed I take big game boomer with a grain of salt, but he was listed in the top right. 20 defensive coordinators for the year. Um Blake no, Harrell, he, he deserves every penny because somebody would have seriously would have tried to uh, wrestle Blake Harrell away. Absolutely. So yeah, ECU needed to pay that man. Yeah, and uh, if a team same same kind of buyout uh, scenario, if a team hires him before September fifteenth, twenty twenty four, they owe East Carolina four hundred eighty thousand dollars. After that, it's a two hundred forty thousand dollar buyout. Um, his bonus structure is set up the same way. Uh, he gets $20,000 for a bowl game and a 40000 salary or $40,000 bonus for a bowl win if he participates. And then mm-hmm. same, the same bonus for the APR. Already, this is showing that ECU is getting behind their coaches, the guys that they believe in, and paying them the market rate for what they do. And granted – it's not some. It's not Power Five money, at least mm-hmm. not yet. You've got to think that that these coaches are are getting paid towards the top of, of the group of five. And look, now that the money's taken care of, now we're gonna get the business, right? right? Now it's now it's put up a shut up time. Money's taken care of. That that part's been handled. Let's go out there. Let's let's go out there and win football games. And I think that's the mindset of ECU. We're gonna go all in on these guys. We're going to let them know that we, we are behind them, but we fully expect results quickly, and let's, let's get to it. So that's that's what I see from, from this. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm excited. I, I, I like where we're headed. Um, and I, I think a lot of – I think a lot of ECU fans are excited for where we're headed. Now, Artie, let's talk a little bit about depth chart and where things are as we go in to the spring from a roster standpoint. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you got four, currently four quarterbacks on scholarship. Five once, once uh, Cole Hodge gets in. And then you'll, you'll also be having to wait out. Does Alex Flynn stay? Is he gone? I've heard that he's applied to medical school. I think his decision is contingent whether he gets in or not. Um, we'll see. He was at a team meeting to open the spring, so that that's a sign that he's at least still involved. Right. right? Then you have Raheem Jeter, redshirt freshman, on, on scholarship. We already talked about Jake Garcia. Everybody knows Caden Hauser. How do you feel about this quarterback room 
this year compared to a, a whole year ago from now? From hey, on, last on, paper, year? on paper, it looks better. On paper, it looks better. Now, going into the season last year, we had a different mindset of what we thought uh, Mason Garcia was, though, right? Like, like, we definitely thought that Mason was going to be a guy that led us to six, seven, eight wins going into last season. That didn't happen. But on paper, it is a lot better of a look. Now, we don't we don't know what the results of, of these of these moves are yet. You know, we we are excited. We think it's gonna be it's gonna pay off. Um, but we don't we don't know yet. We gotta see spring ball, we gotta see how these guys mesh, we gotta see how they how they correlate with all these new pieces, new revolving parts coming around them. Um, but the addition of a Caden Hauser, who we presume is is the one, and then you have a Garcia um at the two once Hodge gets in. You know, obviously, and then you know we still really don't know what Jeter is or what Jeter can be. Um, I think he's going to have a lot to say about that as well. So on paper, it looks a lot better. Obviously, it just, you know, and, and I don't, and and to be honest, I don't really think. I mean, it can't get worse than what it was last season. I think as a pirate fan, you have to understand it's not getting worse. So obviously, it's it, it can only go up from here. Yeah, I agree. Um... Now, shifting to the running back room, this room is filled with studs, right? Like, uh, I think the four guys that I'm I'm about to talk about, I feel like they could get starting looks at a lot of schools. Um, First off, we'll we'll start with Marlon Gunn. 24 carries last year, 65 yards. Hmm. We we were expecting a blow-up season from Marlon Gunn. I I think – some injuries early in the year held him back. But then, and then when Javius Bond kind of came out of nowhere, I shouldn't say came out of nowhere, but came out and made a name for himself as an explosive back, the, the, he was able to be more of the yen to, to Rajay Harris's yang, right? Um, He had 40 carries with 231 yards and a touchdown last year. I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. If he stays healthy this year, there I, I don't like comparing him to Keaton Mitchell, but he has similar traits to Keaton Mitchell of that explosive back that has good speed. Like that he has that speed that once he finds an open an open hole, he can hit it. I don't want to see him playing any more special teams. Coach Dallas, get him off the special teams unit. Don't want to see it anymore. That's a guy we need. Yeah. Your, your thoughts on Javius Bond? Yeah, I mean, what, what I really do want to see, though, and obviously, you know, it, it, it provided he can stay healthy, we do need a, a, a solid two. Um, it, to me, it's going to take a one-two punch going into next season. Obviously, the numbers didn't wow you. Not even Roger Harris did, did the numbers wow you. But we presume that he's going to have even more of a bounce-back season two years removed now from that ACL tear uh, coming back getting back into form, being the, being the icy Rajay Harris that we are are, are accustomed to seeing. Um, but I, I will say Keaton Mitchell, we don't we don't have a Keaton Mitchell in that room, right? Like Keaton Mitchell was a dynamic top 10 running back in the country, can explode on anybody's defense whenever the hell he wanted to do that. We do not have that in this running back room. Now we do have some guys, but I think it's going to be a running back by committee. And I think you're going to have two main horses that that really got to get it going for this running back room. Hopefully it is a, a, a Javius Bond. 
you know, the 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 yin to you know Roger Harris is yang. But I think the numbers do gotta increase, right? They both gotta stay healthy, but those numbers don't wow you at all. But I definitely think it's gonna be a running back by committee type of type of you know room going forward. And hopefully we do have that one two punch. Cause I mean they, they could prove me wrong, but I just I don't I don't see a true one in this room. But I do see a solid one two punch. Yeah, I mean I, I think the number one, I mean, it's gotta be Roger. Well, he's the he's the, he's the number one. But what I what I mean is, I don't see a game changing back in this room. Not right. I don't. Now. I don't know if we start if we start seeing the Rajay Harris that we saw at the end of the year against Tulsa. And I, and 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 I I want him to be that <laughs> full full definitely want him to be that. I just think right now it's he's not there yet. He can get there, but he's not. There. And we we gotta also remember that. There's some new pieces to this offensive line. They got bigger up front. Yeah. Hopefully, there's more time and space for these guys to find a hole and, and hit that hole. Right. So, I, I think that coupled with a full year back for 47, we're, we're gonna we're gonna see him really kind of take that step that that he was starting to take two years ago before he tore the ACL. Mm-hmm. And anything after that is cake, right? Like having a Javius Bond, having a Marlon Gunn, a Camaro Edmonds, the transfer out of Carolina from a couple of years ago, having those guys that can kind of come in and, and add a spark. I'm excited. Plus, we know that we're going to have to be able to run the ball because we're, we're going to – everybody knows that th- going into this year, we're going we're gonna to be gunslinging. That's JDB's mindset. We're, we should be a gunslinging offense. Air raid, right? You, to have a good air raid offense, you've got to be able to run the rock. You, you can't just throw it throw it up top every time. you got to keep them guessing, and having a, a good one-two punch feeds into that. Now, do I expect to see the crazy numbers from, from this running back room? I expect to see better numbers than last year. Oh, they got to be better. They got to be better. <laughs> they, they they have to be better. This the running back room was outside of quarterback may have been the biggest disappointment, but I, I put most of that on the offensive line. They were it having was, to do so yeah. much so much blocking. And anytime you run it up the middle on three straight plays, sorry Donnie, you're gonna struggle. Yeah, we didn't have a guy that could hit the outside last year, like we did two years ago with Keaton Mitchell. Um, all right, already tight end room. <clears throat> yes, be excited about this tight end room. We we talked about Casey Kelly earlier. Um, that's an that's a big addition. You got Antonio Ferguson, redshirt freshman, Zario Riles, uh, coming back this year. The big guy, the older statesman, elder statesman, Shane Calhoun. Shane. Um, that's Thank big. Shane. So, Artie, where do you see the tight end room this year? It, it's, it's obviously going to be much improved because they were, they were non-existent last season, which is a travesty that you are in modern football and you haven't figured out how to use a tight end yet. 
um, adequately. So, I, I, you know, we, we got a former tight ends coach as offensive coordinator. Obviously, JDB is I, I really full heartedly believe he's going to get these tight ends involved. Um, but my main thing is just is, is that, you know, just that get them involved, get them more involved in the game plan, get them more involved in the game. I really want to see Shane Calhoun, um, you know, flourish in this offense. You know, obviously, Kelly coming over, he could he could have a lot to say in that. But I just want to see them get the tight ends involved, however you can. I don't just want to see my tight ends out there blocking every single play. Get them involved. Get the ball in their hands. Let them make plays down the field. Um, and I think JDB is going to find a way to do that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some some schemes with, with two tight ends. Two tight end uh, set, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all this year. Um, I, I think – that going going back to the, the type of offense that JDB is is going to run at East Carolina, a lot of it falls to to the tight ends, right? That's going to be your check down, and you got guys like Shane Calhoun who who can have shown that they can catch the ball and and play very well at, at the tight end position. You got a guy in Casey Kelly that was on a top 10 team called three touchdown receptions this year. You've got those guys that are going to, are going to do well in this tight end room. Yeah. And then you got Riles who I, I think he's the next, he's, he's the next guy after Shane, but we need to get back to what we were doing a couple years ago where Ryan Jones, Ryan Jones was a star monster. Yeah, <laughs> for, for what he was doing at ECU, there were people thinking that he was going to get drafted, right, as a tight end for for what he did. A, an air raid offense, a, a pass heavy offense, is going to lend well to these tight ends. It, it's going, it's going to, they're they're going to shine in an offense like that. So. Anything else that you have on, on the tight ends, Artie? Feel free to I'm just decide to see him. I got nothing else on him, no. So, um, all right. Let's talk about the wide receiver room. Um, lost lost some, but refilling pr- kind of nicely. I mean, we got. let's talk about the guys that were already on the roster first. You got Jari Patterson, Keelan Robinson, Chase Sowell, Brock Spalding and Tyler Savage um, didn't have a great year last year, right? Part of that's on on the quarterback. Part of that's on there's a lot of drop passes last year. I, I think that they're gonna be working through that heavily going yeah. into the year. And I think bringing in the guys that you brought in and an Anthony Smith from from NC State, a Winston Wright Jr. from Florida State, an Omega Blake from South Carolina, yeah bringing those guys in, they've got talent. I mean, you're, you're refilling. Artie, right now, if, if you had to pick a number one, it's got to be Chase Soul, right? It's It's got to be Chase, absolutely. It, it's got to be Chase. But if, if I'm looking at this as a whole, I really need this to be what it was a couple of years ago um, when you had C.J. Johnson and Isaiah Winstead. We need one of these transfers to hit like an Isaiah Winstead, and then we need a Chase Sewell to step into like that C.J. Johnson role and and stepping up. And you've got two guys that can vertical threats, get you down the field, 
either way it goes, they're threatening, you know, they're, they're, they're cruising a thousand yards. Now I'm not saying we need to have 2000 yard receivers, but we do need two guys that are legitimate threats to what we had with Isaiah Winstead and CJ Johnson. That's what I'm looking at. I think right now, Chase Soul definitely number one. Um, now, can some of these other guys that are coming back um, that we already had in the locker room be that too? Yeah, they could, but they're also going to get pushed. And I think one of these, some of these guys that are coming in as transfers, they've got to hit as a two, right? And, and, and they've got to make that impact right away. But I'm thinking if we can have something similar to what we had a couple of years ago with the Johnson Winstead connection, that's going to do wonders for this offense. Yeah, I, I think Winston writes that guy. I, I, I think your you're top three receivers this year, I'll, I'll give him on top four. Chase Soul, mm-hmm. Winston Wright, Jari Patterson, and Brock Spalding. Those are the four guys that I'm watching in that receiver room this year. Um, okay. Some things that – there's some things about uh, some of the transfers that I've heard that I, I, I'm not sure that they're ready to be starters. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing my research. And I, I, I don't – we don't talk badly about any athlete on this podcast, but – it's something. Those are those are the guys that I think we're gonna see. I think Anthony Smith may be a guy that we start to see maybe returning, like kick returning. Um, I don't know if we're gonna see him as much spread out wide. I I don't think that's him yet. Or I think he he may play the slot, but I don't see. I don't think we'll see him play or get as many snaps. Um. I think the the guy is, is Winston Wright Jr. Um, coming into this year. So, and I don't care who it is. I, I think I think the only bona fide guy that I can say with confidence um, is Chase Soul because I mean he had over 600 yards receiving, and that was with ineptitude on offense. So I mean I think he's going to be pushing a thousand yards or more this season. He's I think he's definitely going to be the one. Outside of that, I do not care who's the two. I just need one of y'all to step up and be that guy. <laughs> so. Yeah, you got you got to think that defenses playing East Carolina this year, they're not going to be able to always put their best matchup on Chase Soul going into this year. Last year they were able to. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's going to be the case this year. Um, all right, Ari, offensive line. Front of the podcast, Parker Moore announced that he's coming back. Um. Played a lot, started a lot last year. Darius Bell, the transfer from Maine, he's got two years left. Then you got Kayshawn Sapp, the three-year transfer, or with three years left out, out of Florida State. Manuel Poku, Richard sophomore, had 216 snaps last year already. Lots of upside with him. Now, then you, then you start to get into guys like your Dustin Hall, Hampton Ergel, and Jacob Sacra. I think Ergel, we started to see Ergel more down the stretch last year. Um, I, I think I think he's probably going to end up at center. It w- would really shock me if he wasn't. Um, but I could also see Sacker there as well. But we, we, we just need to shore up the, the strong side tackle. Yeah. I would agree. And look, Parker Moore comes back with that experience. He brings that that edge to him. Um, you know, but but as a as a whole, that unit just needs to be better. Um, so hopefully the the additions that we've made are gonna are gonna reap 
you know, reap benefits. But as much as we talked about, you know, we think the, the receivers are going to do this and the running backs going to do this. We're going to have much better quarterback play. None of that means a damn thing if this O-line still is playing like doo-doo. It don't mean that we could, we could have the best skilled players in the in the conference. But if this O-line's playing like doo-doo, we're not going nowhere. So this unit in particular, outside of the QB room, is the unit that has to make the most change going into next season. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I see we, we have some comments on, on YouTube. I, I want to address one of them. Uh, Robert Diedrich asks, will Sapp end up playing tackle? I, I think so. Uh, I, I think he's going to be your starting left tackle this year. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I, I think it's gotta be him. Um, all right, Artie. Anything else on the uh, the offensive roster, the the depth chart? Is it time for spring ball yet? Spring ball here. We'll we'll be in we'll be in Dowdy for the purple gold gold game uh, soon enough. I, I hope. Yeah, I'm missing a couple years. I got to get there this year. Definitely. We're we're gonna get there. We're we're gonna have a blast. Um. All right, Artie. Basketball. Oh. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way you dribble up and down the court. All right. Uh, roller coaster. The roller coaster that is ECU basketball. I, I'm. <laughs> Every year, Artie. <laughs> I'm, I say this is the year ECU basketball is going to be different. Yeah. And every year, <laughs> every year they disappoint me. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> ECU falls to nine and nine on the season with a with a tough loss last night. Um, more Texas is a good good basketball team. SMU is a good basketball team. You played FAU close. You played South Carolina close. You played Florida close. You played a lot of team, a lot of good teams close. But no cigar, nothing, not a damn thing to show for it, Artie. Yeah. That one last night hurt. That that one last night had shades of. The Tulsa screw job, along with the uh, UCF Hail Mary, wrapped into one, put a bow on it, and <laughs> stick it under the damn tree. And already it's oinking because it was a pig. I, I swear, man, it that that was brutal to watch. And as yeah. soon as we scored, <clears throat> you you talk during football. You talk about oh, did they leave too much time on the clock? As soon as we had three seconds left on the clock, I was like, "We're." I, I still knew we were going to lose that game. I knew somehow, some way, ECU was going to find a way to lose that basketball game, even with a lead with three seconds left. And, and the mean green fighting machine out of North Texas had to go all the way down the court. And I'm surprised we didn't get another statement from uh, – from acquaintance of the podcast, enemy of the podcast, Mike Oresco today for the poor, poor, poor excuse of mm-hmm. officiating when Brandon Johnson got pushed in the back. 
twice. It was was it a screw job? Yes, but it's not like we were. You know, we didn't put them away. We we, we played close games with a whole bunch of teams, and we don't know how to put them away. That's just that's 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 our mo. That's what we do. Um, we're up and down. It's a roller coaster. You win win a couple of games, lose a couple of games. We're probably going we're probably going on a two game win streak, and then we're going on a three game losing streak. That that's just <laughs> that's just ECU basketball mo. That's just kind of what we do. We shouldn't be shocked by anything that happens with this program. Um, but last night, yes, last night definitely hurt. Absolutely. Because, you know, you have Felton who, you know, is what appeared to be the game winner with three seconds left. And then to have that, that full court pass to push off in the back, obviously we all, we all know what happened. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. And, and I, I said, you know, can we at least finish five games over 500? I thought that was a reasonable. I thought that was. I thought that was extremely reasonable. Like I, I, like I really thought that was a legitimate, reasonable ask. I thought I was being within reason to ask that of this, of this program for this season going forward. You know, can we can we be five games over five hundred? That way we have some kind of real confidence, momentum. Okay, the, the, the tides are shifting with this program, and uh, Artie, you should know by now. That you can never ask anything to be reasonable <laughs> with East Carolina, especially when it comes to basketball or football, and sometimes baseball when you know you can't get over the hump in the supers. I don't know. I'm t- I'm I'm ready for we're we're less than a month away from from basketball or from baseball season already. We are. That we are good. Good times are coming again. But we just got to go through the storm a little bit first. Take me to the jungle. I need the jungle. Show me to the jungle, baby. I need that. Yeah. Uh, next games for for ECU. Got, got a road trip down to Birmingham, Alabama. Can you paint me a Birmingham? Uh, <laughs> UAB. You never heard that song already? Painting of in Birmingham. Not. I have no idea what you're singing right now. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll have to play it for you. I, I'm sure you will when I'm in the car with you. When when three hour long trips to Greenville, <laughs> I'm sure you will. Oh, just wait, Artie. Just wait. I I I love those drives because <laughs> I, I I drive and Artie rides and I play my music and Artie's like this white boy. Hey. It's not like I don't offer to drive though. I do offer. Jerry's like, no, he I'm does. I, 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 I'm, I'm a control freak. <laughs> I do what I do. So he offers. Yeah. I tell him I, I would rather drive. It's um, just because you don't want to listen to my playlist. It's playlist. It's okay. Already, right. already. Be honest. I, 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 I can, I can vibe. I can vibe. <laughs> you've heard you've heard my personal playlist. Yes, you get you can vibe the best way you know how, Jared. I, I, I will give you that. I mean, Artie, come on now. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to Wichita. Uh, Wichita State also on the road. Um, Wichita State is eight and nine on the season. UAB is eleven and six. I think ECU splits it. Somehow, some way, they find a way to split it. 
they'll win a game that they're not supposed to or something like that. I, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna finish right at five hundred at this point. So we gotta we gotta keep winning games and we gotta keep losing games, Jared. We're gonna finish at five hundred. So. Yeah. I mean, looking at our schedule for the rest of the month, you got UAB this Saturday, next Wednesday, Wichita State. Then you got Sunday on the twenty eighth. Temple, who a team you've already beaten, and then you got to host South South Florida um, to close out January. ECU very well go could I could see ECU going two and two for those four games. I, I don't I don't see any way that they go three and one. I don't see any way they go one and three. I think they go two and two. Yeah. They are a up and down team, hot, cold, wet, dry. Whatever you want, they are yin yang each and every night, and uh, yeah, it, it's brutal to watch at times. Um, you're up four with with five minutes left. Find a way, find a way to close it out. Well, up up four is nothing, and yeah, but that's, but that's still, like absolutely nothing. You, I think, I think they had gone on like a twelve nothing run to take that lead. And they had North Texas on the ropes at times. Yeah, you got you got to, you got to deliver the knockout punch. Absolutely, you got to you got to go ahead and just put it in the bed. So we're just not we, that program. We we we've seen it time and time again. That I mean, now what what is it? At least three or four games now where ECU has been really in the game and then lost it in the final minute or final seconds. Um, Oh no, Ordy. I'm I'm ready for baseball season. <laughs> All right. Women's basketball, uh yeah. it's a struggle. They're the, the team that was picked to come, I believe, in second in the American, maybe first in the American uh this year. They're nine and seven on the season, yeah. two and three in the American. <clears throat> Look. Injuries have piled up, and this team is limping. And I, I, I don't, I don't think it, it's not a giving up thing. They just they're banged up. You're missing two starters, and they're out for the season. I mean, it, it's it, it's tough to replace what you're missing. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, losing one starter sucks. Losing two, and in the matter of like a week. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like you're going to be hoisting any banners or trophies after losing two starters. I mean, it's it's just like you said that that production. They're starters for a reason. That production you can't just replace. Um, and like you said, I, I don't I don't think you know it's anything given up. You know, it obviously has been a disappointing season. Obviously, I don't I don't see this getting turned around. It, I, I think ECU is probably going to. You know, limp into conference. Uh, you know, uh, the conference tournament. Uh, they probably won't repeat. You know, as as conference tournament champions. Um, but I I still do see them fighting, scratching, clawing for every single game, every single inch. So, um, it sucks. It definitely sucks. We had a lot of high expectations for this ECU women's basketball team, but obviously, when you have those kinds of injuries, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, ECU's gonna fool around and get like 
the seven seed, eight seed in the tournament, and then watch them shock some teams and, and make, a run. make a run. I, I just I have a good feeling about it, but right now it does not look promising. Look but knowing Kim McNeil and knowing the, this roster, I, I'm not I'm not ready to throw in the towel just yet. I'm not ready to wave the the white flag just yet. On, on no, no, nobody's nobody's waving the white flag, but, but it is getting really dark outside. It's, right. almost, it's almost time to call the kids home. So, sun's getting real low, big fella. <laughs> uh, all right, um, you got anything else, Artie? No, nah. anything I'm missing? Baseball media days next week. We'll have Courtney there. We covering it for us. We're going to have all that for you here soon. Real, real soon. So, uh, yeah. And, and we're, we're trying to line up some some interviews going into baseball season. We, we've got a couple lined up. So, stay tuned. Um, all right, Artie. Walk the plank. Do you have one? I feel like I did have one and I forgot, to be honest with you. I, I, swear, I, I swear how to walk the plank and I can't even remember what it was. I know I did, though. Something happened this week in sports. And I was like, that would be a good Something one. happened. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It it, uh, it came to me after we finished recording. The Falcons giving Bill Belichick two interviews. That's not a walk the plank, bro. You are a walk the plank. Are you kidding me? You root for a poverty franchise. And you have the audacity to sit here and say that you wouldn't want a six-time Super Bowl champion as your coach. All you got to do is get the quarterback right. You get the quarterback right with Bill Belichick, the Falcons are right there with anybody in the NFC. Anybody. Already. Already. Anybody. Bill Belichick is 47-57 without Tom Brady. That's why I said you get the quarterback right. Because <laughs> Bill Belichick is guaranteed to have a good defense, and he's guaranteed to have that locker room discipline. You get the quarterback right with Bill you can be anybody in the NFC. Now, I, I can't say you're going to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City or Joe Burrow in Cincinnati or Lamar Jackson in the Ravens, but you can be anybody in the NFC. You can get to a Super Bowl. You root for a poverty franchise, Jared. What do you mean you wouldn't want Bill? Who, who was better? Harbaugh? Because that's the only other person you're getting outside of Bill that's better or on par. I don't know. We want. I... You don't want I... Bill. We want. Ben Johnson will be good. I, I'll say. I'll say if you can get Ben Johnson out of Detroit, that's a good pick. But I don't hate Vrabel. Vrabel's the same as Bill Belichick. You might as well get Bill Belichick. Yeah, but Bill Belichick's got a foot in the grave already. Man, you literally said Vrabel. So you'd rather have Mike Vrabel, who is literally. The Bill Bel the second coming of Bill Belichick went to the school of Belichick, <laughs> but you wouldn't want the man himself. <laughs> like what? I don't know. Something about the cut off cut off sleeves, man. <laughs> no, it's something about twenty eight to three. That's why you don't want Bill Belichick. That's what it is. That's tell us the truth. Tell us the truth, Jared. It's twenty eight to three. Um. Uh... All right, I, I, I'll, I'll give my walk the plank. Um, it, it's all the college football pundits that are now making a big stink in the world of 
coaching changes now that Washington has stolen away Arizona's head coach and Alabama stole away Washington's head coach. And these schools are upset and the, the media is upset because these coaches don't stand for anything. They don't have, they don't have loyalty to their teams or their players or, or their schools or their bosses. They don't have any loyalty because they they took a better job. But anytime that a coach has been hired away from the group of five, it's always, oh, yes, this guy's the new up-and-comer. He took a step up. Those schools are always going to be stepping stones. There is always a stepping stone in college football, in college athletics. Somebody's always going to be stepped on, stepped over, pissed on, pissed off, whatever. Sorry about it. Anybody, and I mean, good on good on Dan Lanning for turning down the job at Alabama, which apparently he was offered. Um, I, which I, I don't know if I I necessarily believe that he was the number one. I, I think DeBoer was. I, th- I think DeBoer was their one. They wanted DeBoer. Was anybody that would turn down Alabama, outside of maybe Kirby Smart, is. Damn right, insane. I, Kirby, I'll say Kirby Smart and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. The, anybody else is out of their damn minds if they turn down Alabama. Well, it's not like it's not like Dan Lanning's got a bad gig at Oregon. I mean, right. He, he's he's good. He can get to a playoff there. He can he can still you know compete for championships at Oregon. So. But I, I, I've seen a lot of that, people complaining. Complaining about, oh, well, it's just not right. He he had no no loyalty to his, his team. He only talked to them for 10 minutes. He was coaching. He knew he had the job at Alabama. He, he was coaching our championship game, knowing he, that he, he was going, going out. Boo fucking Hugh. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Welcome. Welcome to the world. At the end of the day, did the man do his job while he was there? Did he do the job that was asked of him to do while he was there? Kalen DeBoer was hired to win football games and win a lot of football games. He did that. He was hired to win conference championships. He did that. He was hired to get the Washington Huskies, Huskies to the playoff. He did that. Did he do his job? He did it. Only thing he didn't do was that. So, and then to the opposite side, you've got guys like Kurt Signetti, Signetti, excuse me, coming from James Madison, going to Indiana, and all of a sudden now he's left, arguably one of the more prominent group of five schools in the last two years. Um, and James Madison, and now he's saying, oh, well, we, we need to split up F, the FBS. We, we need two divi- more divisions. We need a division power five versus group of five. We, we need to break off from the group of five. Bro, you just left James Madison. Shut the fuck up. Sorry about it. All right. Um. 
I don't know. So, Kurt Signetti walked the damn plank. College football media walked the damn plank. Um, just everybody walked the damn plank. I don't know. You get to walk the plank, you get to walk the plank, you get to walk the plank. Somebody yes, throw up yes, the open me. I don't give a shit. Everybody walked the plank. I'm, I'm just not in a good hey, mood. Hey, 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 hey. hey. Yeah, yeah. I, I, am, I am ready for college football to be turned on its head. East Carolina University is going to win the college football playoff next year. We're going to beat Bama. I don't give a shit. All right. I'm kidding. I'm on kidding. that note. I'm kidding, Artie. Oh, man. All right, Artie. <laughs> Baby's not been sleeping well. That's never good. Well, I'm tired. Next. All right, I'm tired. Let, let's start wrapping this thing up. Let's do All right. What next? What's on the docket? Uh, Gambling corner. All right, here we go. Texans at Ravens. Artie, last week you talked me out of some games. Yeah. Um, and as they were going on, I, I was like, damn, Jared, you messed up. <laughs> All um, I forgot about was the Green Bay Dallas game. I completely whiffed on that. My goodness. I, I was like, oh, I, I feel like the Packers can win this game. And you're like, no shot. Yeah, I, I whiffed on that. And I was like, you know what? That's just what my, my heart's telling me. I'm going to go with my brain. I'm not going with my brain anymore. Um, yeah. All right. Texans at Ravens. Ravens nine point favorites over unders forty three and a half. Artie, what do you what do you think? Oh look, all, look, I I the Ravens are the favorite. I'm rooting for Lamar. They're the team I want to win the Super Bowl. I want Lamar and the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. But they better come out and play like their lives depend on in this game because the Texans are one of those teams. They're they're like two years ahead of schedule. They're not even supposed to be here in this moment. They're playing with house money. They don't know they're not supposed to be here. Be here. They don't know they're not supposed to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. I think they're going to play the ass off. I think C.J. Stroud, um, he's going to play his butt off. I think that that team, like I said, they're playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. They're ahead of schedule. So the Ravens can't mess around with this team because if they mess around with the Texans, they will lose. They will lose at home to Houston. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think they got to come out and, and play. Now, they got Mark Andrews back. And if they really come out and, and play the way they, they've been playing all season, game really shouldn't be that close. Should be a double-digit victory for Baltimore. I have Baltimore in this game. But, man, they better come out firing quick. Because if, if they allow Houston to go into the fourth quarter and it's only a three- to seven-point ball game, I don't feel good about Baltimore. Yeah, I, I think I think Houston covers. I think Baltimore wins outright, but I, I think Houston covers. Um and I'm taking the over in this game. So what was the what's the over under? Forty three and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, there's gonna be points scored. They got Marlon Humphrey out for uh for Baltimore as well. I'll take the over. All right. Packers, 49ers, already um 49ers, nine and a half point favorites. Over under 50 and a half. Take it away. Look, they're not going to do it to me two weeks in a row. I don't care. And the 49ers are not frauds like the Dallas Cowboys are. The Dallas Cowboys are perennial frauds. The 49ers are not frauds. They're just too good. They're going to they're gonna overpower Green Bay. It's been a nice run. Green Bay is just like Houston. They're way ahead of schedule. They're, they're going to be playing their butts off. They're going to be playing house money. But I, I think – 
What's the over under in this game? 50 and a half. Mm, take the under. Take the I think there's gonna be some defense played in this game. And I think the Niners are gonna are gonna put them to bed. I wouldn't say early. I think it'd be a good three quarters, but going into the end of the fourth quarter, this game is gonna be over. Like halfway through the fourth, it's gonna be okay. Niners, Niners got this in the back. Packers cover. Um I think I think Jordan Love. The the Packers have done it again. They've got 30 years ridiculous. Of quarterback. Absolutely absurd. Oh my god. They haven't missed. It's absurd. It's absurd. And at one point they had Kurt Binkert as the backup. I mean, sure. what is going on? Um now g- give me give me the Packers to cover and I'm also going to take the under here. Um 49ers win. All right, Artie. Bucks at Lions. Woo. Detroit's a six and a half point favorite. Over under is 35 and a half. What say you? Oh, I, I want to stay away from this game because I I just Yeah. I really want the Lions to break through. They're at home. They have an opportunity to go to the NFC Championship game. I don't even know if they've ever done that in their franchise. Have they ever been to an NFC Championship game in their franchise history? I don't even know, to be honest with you. But they got an opportunity to do it this weekend. On paper, Detroit's better. The eye test will tell you that Detroit is better. Detroit should win this game. I don't know, man. It's something about them bucks. It's something about the bait train. I don't know. I, I, I just want to stay away from this game. I'm going to – what's the over-under on this? The over under is 35 and a half. Oh, take the over. Take the over. Hands down. There's gonna be more than 35 points scored in this game. Um give me Detroit, but I think they're gonna struggle. I think they're gonna struggle with Tampa Bay. But give me Detroit. What, what do you think of uh Lions fans booing Matt Stafford? They they didn't boo his damn kids. You talking about all oh, booing Matt Stafford? Yes. Oh, I don't I don't I don't care about that. You okay. you you immediately when you immediately left the franchise that you had been in for 12 years, you went and won a Super Bowl the very next year. Of course, we're going to boo you when you come back. You did nothing while you were here. And then you go win a Super Bowl the year after you win. Of course, we're going to boo you. Um, already the, the Lions did go to a NFC title game. Was it the one against Dallas? I feel like it was the one against Dallas, and they lost to Dallas. No, they they lost to Washington, the former yeah. former artist formerly known as the Redskins. What year was um, this? That was 1991. 91. Okay, so that yeah, that was and that was their last great season. Okay, all right. Um, beat Dallas in the division round, lost to Washington in in the NFC. Um. Everybody talks so much shit about the NFC South, Artie. Give me the Bucks. The Bucks, the nine and eight Bucks. You think they go to the NFC Championship game? Playing the toughest division in, in all of football. I wouldn't be shocked though. I, I think I think Detroit's going to struggle with Tampa Bay. I do. And people told me I was a fool for one of the Falcons to sign Baker Mayfield. Um, all right, already game of the weekend, Chiefs at Bills. Yeah. This is becoming the new Manning Brady 
Brady yeah. Manning. Yeah, sure is. Mahomes, Allen, Allen, Mahomes. Love these. Men. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> uh, what? I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like up up in it's Buffalo. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be cold. Over under is 45 and a half. Bills are three point favorites. Um, I, I'm taking the Bills here. Uh, I think they cover, and I think the under, I think it's the under, depending on the weather. If we have weather like they had last week, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they hit the under. Yeah. I mean, this, this Chiefs offense hasn't been great all season. I think they're only averaging like 21 points a game. Um, but all the pressure is on Buffalo. Travis all Kelsey has his mind somewhere else, man. <laughs> Can't tell you where. Hey, look, that's that's Travis Kelsey's business. But uh, there's no pressure on Travis Kelsey. There's no pressure on the Chiefs either. They're two-time Super Bowl champions. They are the standard. You know, obviously they've been there, done that. It's all on Allen and Buffalo. You have Mahomes in Kansas City in your backyard now. You're not in Arrowhead. So you guys got to get it done. You got to put up a shit. This is probably the best year that you can do it if you're going to get it done. This is this would be the year. Uh, if not, I don't know if they're ever going to be able to do it. But um, I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to take the over. I think it's going to be some points scored in this game. I think the offense is fine to wait. But but give me give me Josh Allen putting on the Superman cape. I think he's going to have a rushing touchdown. I think he's going to have two or three passing touchdowns. I think I think Buffalo gets it done. Yeah. All right, Artie. I don't have anything else. Let's get the hell out of here. Make sure you subscribe to the Boneyard Podcast wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. We're on Amazon, in case you didn't know. Um, check us out, iHeartRadio, wherever. Um, we're, we're everywhere. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Thanks to Elon. Uh, at Boneyard Podcast. Make sure to follow Variety Sports Network. Um, and while you're at all doing all of that, leave us a five-star review. Five stars, you're a best friend of the podcast. Anything less, you can walk the damn plank along with everybody else. The entire college football media and Kurt Signetti and USF fans who think that they're going to win a college football playoff next year because they went 6-6 six and six this year. Okay. Uh, Artie, that's all I got. Let's get the hell out of here. That's all I got. Bears hire Cliff Kingsbury as the OC. Get it done like yesterday. Uh, Bears. Wash your hands, wash your butts, people. We out. Deuce. Peace.